just gonna sit there? Let's go. Look, this is all very touching, but we gotta get out of here. Oh, oh beast. You gotta cut down on those snacks, pal. Wait, is that you? Finally figured out how to shut you up. What's the matter? Teacher's pet got cold feet. Anytime, pretty boy. Henry, this is Logan. He's Wolverine. Um... I hear you're quite an animal. Logan's talking. this? Just a guy telling you to get back in your nice truck. Go play Okie Dickhead somewhere else. Hello, hello, hello. This is the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Very thankful to have you here on this episode of 30 and Nerdy Podcast. If you missed the last episode, it was all about Jay and Silent Bob. Huge fans. You can find that wherever you cast your pod. Also, currently... Still going on is the spinoff show with the Rev of Rance himself that is called The Road So Far. It's all about the show Supernatural, which just ended recently. I'm going to give my opinions, spoiler-free opinions, that is. So, um, it is obviously a bittersweet moment for... Supernatural fans. It it's uh, it is hard to put into words for a lot of us what the show did for us individually, what it meant to us. For some of us, it was an escape. It, whether it was characters like Castiel or Crowley. Or the relationship and the love that Sam and Dean have for each other. I have a brother myself. A younger brother. So I see a lot of myself and him and Sam and Dean. Especially in those early seasons. Um, So Supernatural for me was also not just an escape. It was a mirror. And... It showed me the weaknesses that I had in my relationship with my brother. And in all honesty, when when worst came to worst, when life sucked, when I was separated and then divorced, 
life was pretty low. But Supernatural gave me an escape from the reality at the time. And so it really became more than just an entertaining show to some of us. It became a family, the the SPN family. You know, you 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 really don't know what the show can be for for someone uh, unless you've either tried to watch it yourself, or you've made it through, or you've been in their shoes on occasion. So, thank you uh, to Eric Kripke and the writers and the directors and the stars of Supernatural. Thank you for being Escape for us. The finale was fulfilling, yet selfishly sad and bittersweet. I was satisfied. And I haven't been satisfied with a finale in a while with things that I'm interested in, whether it be How I Met Your Mother, hated that finale, uh, hated Game of Thrones finale, um, really have lost care about The Walking Dead, or even if they, when they get to their finale, uh, I haven't been fulfilled in uh not just a television show but a finale for a while and supernatural did it i'm i'm satisfied but selfishly sad that it's over um of course you know uh, we've heard that it's just for now it's just goodbye for now we'll see you later down the road and i hope that's true But with such a satisfying ending, I hope that over the time um, we see the respect for Supernatural grow even more. Hopefully more people, now that it's over, will go back and watch it and be like, let's see what this was all about. And I hope that it infects people and and gets them loving it. And I hope one day, uh, you know, and maybe it's, it's way down the road, maybe it's 10, 12 years from now. We see a reunion of some sort, but that'll be fantastic. So we're going to say goodbye for now to Supernatural. Or we can just say carry on. So this week's episode is all about uh, my favorite Marvel character, Wolverine. Now, he's had a birthday of sorts this month because he debuted... This month, November of 1974, in the comic books, in The Incredible Hulk. And I thought, we're nearing the end of Season 2, and it falls right. We should celebrate Weapon X himself. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's go, bub. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your host, Tyler Mack. (laughs) Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions, and Ashley Lodge Photography. 
30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation by using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find the show in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email the show at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. Now get ready to nerd out with your host, the sweet tea of the nerdy south, your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Hello, 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 nerds. As I said last time, we talked about Giant Silent Bob. And uh, I have a recommendation for you. There is a documentary on uh, Amazon Prime called Magnum Dopus. It is the making of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And you should definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, A lot of interviews from behind the scenes. A lot of look at uh, before his heart attack and things like that. So I definitely recommend that. Follow along with the conversation uh, using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. That's on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, follow along with that hashtag. You can also email at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. And f- keep up to date with everything going on at not just this show, but at the hashtag Badcast Company on Patreon at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Uh, you can also keep up with the Badcast Company. That is the group uh, that this podcast and other podcasts and other shows are a part of, featuring shows like this one, the flagship show, Brewing Up Rants Podcast, The Road So Far, as well as tons and tons of Patreon-only content. Mandalorian Mondays are going on currently at Badcast Company Productions on Patreon, and you can go check that out on how to become a a subscriber to Patreon. A, a certain tiers get certain things uh, between bloopers and deleted scenes and and unaired stuff and uh, behind the scenes looks at things and Mandalorian Monday and other spinoff shows. Uh, there's a lot of spinoff shows coming to exclusively to Patreon in the new year, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, check out podchaser.com. There are tons of fantastic independent podcasts at podchaser.com, including the playlist. There's a place where you can search for playlists, and there is uh, The Apocalypse. In Pod Nation, there are a lot of really, really, really good independent podcasts in those playlists. So I highly recommend you go to podchaser.com, check out those playlists, give them a subscribe. If you like what you hear, hit that uh, five-star review on them, tell them 30 and Nerdy Podcasts sent you, and uh, enjoy. So I did something a little different this week with... um, the nerd vocabulary word. I wanted to lean more towards the theme, and these are a few nerd vocabulary words you need to know about when talking about uh, Wolverine. 
the first one is Snicked, S-N-I-K-T, sorry, all caps, S-N-I-K-T. Now, this is the noise, uh, well, the word given to the sound uh, in the comics when Wolverine releases his claws. And it's Snicked, S-N-I-K-T. The other nerd vocabulary word you need to know when talking about Wolverine is bub. B-U-B, bub. Which is basically how Wolverine addresses most male characters in the X-Men universe. Hey, bub. The other one is the Weapon X program. Now, this is the government program, the very secretive government program, that installed the adamantium into Wolverine's body and took his memories. Speaking of adamantium, that is the next nerd vocabulary word you need to know. Adamantium is a very, very indestructible metal that covers Wolverine's entire skeleton, making him indestructible. Now, there is constant argument in the Marvel Universe universe about what is more uh, indestructible. Adamantium or vibranium from Wakanda. I'm going with adamantium. So, uh, those are some of your nerdcabulary words that uh, you need to know. Also, another one uh, that just came off the top of my head, Berserker. That is the name given to his uncontrolled rage that he taps into, the Berserker Rage. So, Snicked, Bub, Weapon X Program, Adamantium, and Berserker. Those are nerdcabulary words you need to remember when discussing Wolverine. So, in moving to the random on random section, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Jay and Silent Bob with you. Uh, To be honest, I left some things out of last week's episode that I I did want to talk about, but skipped right over it uh, without knowing. I guess I just got so excited that I kept scrolling, I guess, on my notes. Uh, did you know that Jay and Silent Bob have shown up in as cameos in many different entertainment outlets? They were going to, uh, they were doing it before Stan Lee, technically. So, uh, here are some of the big things that Jay and Silent Bob have appeared in. In film, they've appeared in Scream 3. This is one of my favorite uh, cameos that they did, because I am a huge fan of the Scream franchise. Uh, now, their Scream 3 appearance suggests that the Scream series and the Viewisk universe are on the same plane of existence. Other factors may contradict this. In the first Scream film, a VHS tape of Clerks is shown in the background. Uh, also in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, Jay and Silent Bob see the filming of the fictional Scream 4 at the time. However, there is also a clerk's hat seen in Mallrats, which is officially part of the Viewist universe, so take it how you want. Um, Kevin Smith is credited as Silent Bob in the film Drawing Flies, and uh, Jason Mewes also appears in the film, but as a different character. Smith's character wears the exact same leather outfit he wore in Mallrats. In the movie Fanboy, um, they are... Close facsimiles of Jay and Silent Bob. The roles were reversed. Smith's character was hanging out in front of the gas station bathroom, pimping out 
Jason Mewes' character. Uh, on television, they have appeared at the Mallrats premiere party, party as Jay and Silent Bob. I Love the 90s on VH1, Degrassi, The Next Generation. Um, yes, Dear, Season 4, Episode 19. Um, in The Flash episode, Null and Annoyed, directed by Kevin Smith, Smith and Muse appear as security guards who resemble Jay and Silent Bob. In comics books, Jay and Silent Bob made brief appearances in one panel of Green Arrow, Volume 3, Number 6, standing outside Jason Blood's safe house in Star City. This issue was written by Kevin Smith during his 15-issue run on the character. Demonic versions of Jay and Silent Bob appeared in the second page of Angel after the fall. Issue number five, standing outside a cafe in the safe haven of Silver Lake. Um, they also appeared in the Star Wars Infinite's comic, Tag and Bink, where they say uh, they are from the Jedi Council. In a 2005 issue of Total Film, a comic strip illustrating Kevin Smith's version of The Passion of the Christ was published featuring Jay and Silent Bob in the final panel. Uh, The 2001, the New York Times ran a comic book telling how Smith met and first kissed his wife, Jennifer Smith. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob appeared in one panel promoting the then forthcoming film Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. They also made cameos in issue 79 of Terry Moore's long-running comic book, Strangers in Paradise. And they also appeared in the comic strip, Desperate Times, in issue number 53. The last thing that they have cameoed in a ton of are music videos. They've been in Can't Even Tell by Soul Asylum, Build Me Up, Buttercup by The Goops, Because I Got High by Afro Man, Kick Some Ass by Stroke Nine, Problem by Nova Rockefeller, You Can't Stop Me by Suicide Silence, Jay is the only one in that, I'm Upset by Drake, and Loser by Moby Rich. So Jay and Silent Bob have obviously been around for some time. So I want to get to some binge-worthy things. However, uh, they are all X-Men oriented. So, bear with me. I believe that if we are talking about Wolverine, these are three of the big things that you have to watch when discussing Weapon X. Obviously, the animated series on Disney+. Plus. This series that started most of us nerds on our path, not just for mutant fandom, but for Marvel fandom. Uh, the series is now, as I said, streaming on Disney+. Plus. It's called X-Men the Animated Series. Also, let's not forget the Fox franchise that built for the X-Men. Um, you should probably, in my opinion, to get the best of Wolverine, watch uh, the first trilogy and Days of Future Past, if you ask me. X-Men 3 does suck, but if you want some Wolverine action, I would definitely watch it. Also, Hulk vs. Wolverine is on Netflix. You can watch it there or Prime. Uh, This is based on the comic book, which you should also read. That was the birthplace of Wolverine. 
break. When we return, you will have some nerdly news with our nerd news correspondent, Barry Nerdington. you want to know things about video games? How about consumer-oriented reviews, honest opinions, hot takes, and predictions? Well, you're listening to the right ad. Introducing the Lit Gaming Arena Podcast Season 2. We bring you two episodes every week. Terminal News, which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need. And the LGA Cast, where we talk about all the games we're playing and the gaming industry in general. And we do not hold back any punches. We also have the occasional wacky guest, so don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena podcast at lga.gg. Hey, everybody. This is Tim from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, and you're listening to 30 and Nerdy with Tyler Mack. Good day, I'm Barry Nerdington. Welcome to your nerdly news, where we report and you decide. The daring duck of mystery, the terror that flaps in the night, is returning. Darkwing Duck is getting the Disney Plus reboot treatment. Recently on the new DuckTales series, the gang spent a few days in St. Canard, and Launchpad hung out with his old buddy, Drake Mallard, a.k.a. Darkwing Duck. After the fact, Variety has reported that Disney is in fact doing a proper Darkwing Duck reboot. According to the outlet, no writer is currently attached to the project, but it is reported that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, the minds behind Superbad and other raunchy comedies, are surprisingly going to be producing it. Despite appearing on DuckTales, it is not known yet if the voices from those episodes will make the jump or if original voice cast will return. Fans love The Mandalorian, and Cara Dune is a fan favorite. It has also been rumored that she may receive her own spin-off show in the Star Wars universe. However, her comments on voting and some others that may come across as transphobic may be getting her into hot water. Now, Mandalorian fans are wanting her replaced with another female character, for instance, Frog Lady. Fans haven't held back their feelings about Carano and her position on voter fraud and trans opinions. There is a petition to replace her, similar to one for Amber Heard in Aquaman 2. But these petitions very rarely work or gain traction with the studios. Most studios tend to shy away from letting opinions of their performers affect these types of decisions. Beloved comedian and actor Sinbad is recovering from a recent stroke, according to his family. Sinbad, who was recently part of the title and poster reveal for Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods, is expected to make a full recovery, although few details are available. His family is thankful for all of the thoughts, but asks fans to respect their privacy. 
Earlier this year, fans were upset to learn that one of Adult Swim's top series was coming to an end. The update came recently when Adult Swim confirmed the Venture Bros was being axed. The hit superhero cartoon was quietly dismissed from the late-night programming to the dismay of many fans, but never fear. After all, a new report suggests the show is being toyed with in hopes of securing a HBO Max revival. This promising update comes from none other than Andy Forcell, the head of HBO Max. The executive joined the growing movement to save the Venture Bros from oblivion, and it seems Forcell wants fans to know his team is working on revival ideas. It may not be a galaxy far, far away, but the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, is in space. SpaceX launched its historic mission to send a crew to the International Space Station. The launch was a success, but what fans realized more was a doll of the child who joined them on their journey. You can find videos of the launch and the child floating around with the astronauts just about anywhere online. It's been more than a decade since the fourth installment of the Scream franchise was released in theaters, and fans are excited about the future as a fifth film is finally in the works. The cast and crew of Scream 5 are currently on set, bringing the next chapter of the story to life. And among them is Nev Campbell, who has starred in each and every Scream film as Sidney Prescott. Initially, when Scream 5 was first announced, Campbell was hesitant to join the production, but the idea and the filmmakers eventually won her over. Scream 5 will be the first film in the franchise that will not be directed by horror icon Wes Craven, who passed away back in 2015. Stepping in is filmmaking duo Matt Bettinelli-Olfen and Tyler Gillette, who recently directed the hit thriller Ready or Not. Our first look at the reunion recently happened with an online Scream reunion video call briefing for charity. The interactive entertainment company Zynga announced that it is opening a new game development studio in its Austin, Texas office to work on an upcoming premiere mobile game in the Star Wars universe. More specifically, the new studio will partner together with Natural Motion, an existing Zygna subsidiary, on the development of the video game. The new studio is led by Jeff Hickman and Matthew Hemby. Wolverine voice actor Cal Dodd says Disney appears to be ignoring the millions of fans. The fondly remembered Marvel show aired 76 episodes spanning five seasons between 1992 and 1997, earning X-Men the Animated Series positive ratings and paving the way for a live-action feature film at 20th Century Fox. Though the wishes are there with the cast, Cal has said that there is no vision of things coming to fruition at Disney anytime soon. The Matrix 4 has celebrated the end of filming despite lockdown regulations in place over in Germany. The Guardian reported the gathering that had an account of how many people were there. 
But now it seems as though there's more than meets the eye. German authorities are now investigating whether or not the party was part of the movie or something separate. If the gathering was genuine and not part of the blockbuster film, the studio could find themselves in hot water. November 11th saw approximately 200 people gather at the Babelsberg Film Studios. Berlin's government mandates that parties have to be capped at 50 people. So there is the rub. And now... People are going to have a lot of questions on what really went on. The next Disney classic getting the live-action treatment will be Lilo and Stitch. Variety reports that John M. Chu is in talks to direct. Chu is a rising star in Hollywood after his work on Crazy Rich Asians. He is also being tapped to produce and possibly direct the new Willow series. HBO Max is grabbing another DC property. A Titan spinoff about Red Hood is in the works. This will follow Jason Todd and likely explain his origin story. The series could accomplish this much like Arrow with flashbacks that relate to his current crime-fighting efforts. Red Hood has been trending lately with the upcoming Gotham Knights game and his successful comic series Red Hood Outlaw. Hitman developer IO Interactive is working on a new 007 game featuring an original James Bond story. The studio announced this week, after teasing that a reveal of some sort would take place soon, IO Interactive shared a brief teaser trailer for the game that is currently called Project 007 until it gets an official name. A release time frame for the project was not announced, nor was it confirmed, from what platforms the game would be released for. With Supernatural ending, another era has come to an end. Sam and Dean have taken their final ride on the road so far. With the final bow, Supernatural has secured the longest-running CW show spot as well as the final WB original show before the switch to CW Regardless of if you were an SPN family member, a casual watcher, or haven't seen an episode, its legacy has been solidified in the entertainment industry from its supernatural fan and SPN family member. Thank you. For some of us, it was an escape that saved us from a dark road. Thank you to the cast, the crew, and everyone involved. Carry on. That is the end of your nerdly news. I'm Barry Nerdington signing off. Good day. Hey guys, this is Tyler Mack from the Bad Cast Company. host of the flagship show 30 Nerdy Podcast and co-host of some of the other shows in the Badcast Company. I'm here to talk to you about Patreon. At Patreon slash Badcast Company, you can find so much extra content, not just from this show, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, but Brewing Up Rants Podcast, The Road So Far, Movie Mania, um, Mandalorian Mondays and 
tons of bloopers and deleted scenes and unaired scenes and pictures and behind the scenes stuff how you ask can you be a part of that well there are different tiers and patreon slash badcast company there is a one dollar tier if that's all you can do you will get some exclusive things but obviously as the tiers go up in price what you receive in return goes up as well we are very thankful of the patreon supporters that we already have and due to that we are able to do extra things like uh pay for our host site for the shows we are able to send out random gifts like uh, patreon exclusive shirts and stickers and hats whenever we are able to get them however you can support the show we are thankful for it you can check that out at patreon.com slash bad cast company Hey, this is Ken M, host of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. And right now, you are locked and loaded to the sweet tea of the nerdy South, the Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack, and the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. And hey, bub. As you know, we were talking about my favorite Marvel character, Wolverine. Now, Wolverine, his birth name was James Howlett. Alias was Logan, as well as Weapon X. He's a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics, mostly in association with the X-Men. He is a mutant who possesses animal-keen senses, enhanced physical capabilities, a powerful regenerative ability known as the healing factor, and three retractable claws in each hand. Wolverine has been depicted variously as a member of the X-Men, Alpha Flight, and the Avengers. The character first appeared in the last panel of The Incredible Hulk, number 180 before having a larger role in number 181 cover dated November 1974. He was created by Marvel Editor-in-Chief Roy Thomas, writer Lynn Wayne, and Marvel Art Director John Rosmita Sr. Rosmita designed the character although it was first drawn for publication by Herb Trimpey. Wolverine then joined a revamped version of the superhero team, the X-Men, where eventually writer Chris Claremont and artist writer John Byrne would play significant roles in the character's development. Artist Frank Miller collaborated with Claremont and helped revise the character with a four-part eponymous limited series. And that was from 
September to December 1982, which debuted Wolverine's catchphrase, I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do best isn't very nice. Wolverine is the first and typical of the many tough anti-heroes that emerged in American pop culture after the Vietnam War. His willingness to use deadly force and his brooding nature became standard characteristics for comic book anti-heroes by the end of the 1980s. As a result, the character became a fan favorite of the increasingly popular X-Men franchise and has been featured in his own solo comic book series since 1988. It was a year before I was born. He has appeared in most X-Men adaptations, including animated television series, video games, and the live-action 20th Century Fox X-Men films, in which he is played by Hugh Jackman. Troya Sivan portrayed a younger version in the 2009 film X-Men Origins Wolverine. The character is highly rated in many comics. Best of lists ranked number one in Wizard Magazine's 2008 Top 200 Comic Book Characters, 4th in Empire's 2008 Greatest Comic Characters, and 4th on IGN's 2011 Top 100 Comic Book Heroes. Now, Wolverine is my favorite for many reasons. He is the exact opposite, truthfully, of of me. Uh, I don't know what it is about those kind of characters that I flock to, for instance, um, my favorite characters are Batman, Wolverine, the Green Ranger, not the Red Ranger, Prince Vegeta, not Goku. So I really flock to these anti-heroes type characters. Um, in wrestling, I love the anti-hero characters better than I love baby faces. So it's really, I think, funny that I am nothing like my favorite comic book characters. Maybe it's because I wish I had a little bit of their their grit and their gumption. Um, I don't know. But uh, moving on about Weapon X. Marvel editor-in-chief Roy Thomas asked writer Lynn Wayne to devise a character specifically named Wolverine, who is Canadian and of small stature, and with a Wolverine's fierce temper. John Romita Sr. designed the first Wolverine costume and believes he introduced the retractable claws, saying, When I make a design, I want it to be practical and functional, I thought. If a man has claws like that, how does he scratch his nose or tie his shoelaces? Wolverine first appeared in the final teaser panel of The Incredible Hulk, number 180, in October of 1974. Written by Wayne and penciled by Trimpey, the character then appeared a number of advertisements in various Marvel Comics publications before making his first major appearance in The Incredible Hulk number 181 in November of 1974. Again, by the Wayne-Trimpey team. In 2009, Trimpey said he distinctly remembers Romita's sketch and that the way I see it, They sewed the monster together, and I shocked it to life. It was just one of these secondary or tertiary characters, actually, that we were using the particular book with no particular notion of it going anywhere. 
We did characters in The Incredible Hulk all the time that were in particular issues, and that was the end of them. Though often credited as co-creator, Trimpey denied having had any role in Wolverine's creation. The character's introduction was ambiguous, revealing little beyond his being a superhuman agent of the Canadian government. In these appearances, he does not retract his claws, although Wayne stated that they had always been envisioned as retractable. He appears briefly in the final to this story in Incredible Hulk 182. Wolverine's next appearance was 1975's Giant Size X-Men number 1, written by Ween and penciled by Dave Cockrum, in which Wolverine is recruited by a new squad. Gil Kane illustrated the cover artwork, but incorrectly drew Wolverine's mask with larger headpieces. Dave Cockrum liked Kane's accidental alteration. He thought the original was too similar to Batman's mask and incorporated it into his own artwork for the actual story. Cockrum was also the first artist to draw Wolverine without his mask, and the distinctive hairstyle became a trademark of the character moving forward. Now, I want to talk a little bit about his first intended origin. Despite suggestions that co-creator Lynn Wayne originally intended for Logan to be a mutated Wolverine cub, evolved to humanoid form by an already established Marvel geneticist, the High Evolutionary, Wayne denies this. Wayne said on the X-Men Origins Wolverine Blu-ray special features that he has read 10 things you did not know about Wolverine, which says the character was originally intended to be a mutated Wolverine cub, and that this rekindled Wayne's frustration. He again stated that he had always known that Wolverine was a mutant, not a mutated Wolverine cub. In the article about the evolution of Wolverine, included in a 1986 reprint of The Incredible Hulk 180-181, through titled Incredible Hulk and Wolverine. Cockrum said he considered having the high evolutionary play a vital role in making Wolverine a human, Ryder Ween wanted Wolverine to be the age of a young adult, with the superhuman strength and agility similar to Spider-Man. This changed when Ween saw Cockrum's drawing of the unmasked Wolverine as a hairy 40-year-old. Ween originally intended the claws to be retractable in part of Wolverine's gloves, and both gloves and claws would be made of adamantium. Chris Claremont eventually revealed that they were an integrated part of Wolverine's anatomy in X-Men number 98 in April of 76. Writer Jeff Loeb used a similar origin for Wolverine in the Marvel continuity, having feral mutants be an evolved life form. Let's talk a little bit about his bio of sorts. Wolverine was born as James Howlett in northern Alberta, Canada, near Cold Lake, during the late 19th century. Purportedly to rich farm owners John and Elizabeth Howlett, though he is actually the illegitimate son of Howlett's groundskeeper, Thomas Logan. After Thomas is thrown off the Howlett's property for an attempted abuse by his, perpetuated by his older son, 
simply named Dog, he returns to the Howlett Manor and kills John Howlett. In retaliation, young James kills Thomas with his bone claws that emerge from the back of his hands as his mutation manifests. He flees with his childhood companion, Rose, and grows into manhood on a mining colony in the Yukon, adopting the name Logan. When Logan accidentally kills Rose with his claws, he flees the colony and lives in the wilderness among the wolves until he is captured and placed in a circus. Saul Creed, brother of Victor Creed, frees Logan. But after he betrays Logan and Clara Creed to Nathaniel Essex, Logan drowns Creed in Essex Potion. Logan returns to civilization, residing with the Blackfoot people. Following the death of his Blackfoot lover, Silver Fox, at the hands of Victor Creed, known as Sabretooth, he is ushered into the Canadian military during World War I. Logan spends time in Madripoor before setting in Japan, where he marries Itsu and has a son, Dakin. Logan is unaware of his son for many years. During World War II, Logan teams up with Captain America and continues a career as a mercenary. He serves with the 1st Canadian Parachute Battalion during D-Day, and later with the CIA before beginning re being recruited by Team X, a black ops unit. As a member of Team X, Logan is given a false memory implant. Eventually, breaking free of the mental control, he joins the Canadian Defense Ministry, Logan is subsequently kidnapped by the Weapon X program, where he remains captive and experimented on until he escapes. It is during his imprisonment by Weapon X that he is adamantium, forcibly used, fused onto his bones. James and Heather Hudson help recover his humanity following his escape, and Logan begins work as an intelligence operative for the Canadian government's Department H., he becomes Wolverine, one of Canada's first superheroes. In his first mission, he is dispatched to stop the destruction caused by a brawl between the Hulk and the Wendigo. Later, Professor Charles Xavier recruits Wolverine to a new iteration of his superhero mutant team, the X-Men, where he shares a relationship to Jean Grey with Cyclops. It was later revealed that Wolverine had been sent to assassinate Xavier, who wiped Logan's memories and forced him to join the X-Men. In X-Men number 25 in 1993, at the culmination of the Fatal Attractions crossover, the supervillain Magneto forcibly removes the adamantium from Wolverine's skeleton. This massive trauma causes his healing factor to burn out and also leads to the discovery that his claws are actually bone. Wolverine leaves the X-Men for a time, embarking on a series of adventures during which his healing factor returns. Feral by nature, Wolverine's mutation process will eventually cause him to degenerate physically into a more primitive bestial state. Now there are many storylines where Wolverine is concerned. I mean, he is... You know, in a love triangle with Jean Grey and Cyclops, that's one of his most famous storylines, ongoing and offgoing, if you're a fan, is he is in love with Jean Grey and he absolutely hates Cyclops, her uh, boyfriend and eventual husband. Uh, he has been to hell. He has fought with the X-Men against the Avengers. 
he has died. He's been brought back. Um, I mean, I mean, Wolverine is probably was what's crazy about Wolverine is when you're talking X Men, a much bigger percentage will tell you that Wolverine is their favorite amongst like Cyclops. And Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men, meant to be the leader, meant to be the fan favorite. He's like the Captain America, or the Red Ranger, or the Goku. He is the good leader, and Wolverine is always pushing his buttons and the anti-hero. But more than not, people would pick Wolverine over Cyclops, and I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot about us as nerds, our humanity. We, we love a lot of things that are opposite than us. I think that... That shows maybe that we see our weaknesses as being too nice. And Wolverine is someone who's not too nice. And we sometimes would like to be more like these characters because they seem stronger to us because they don't have the codes we have. Honestly, I mean, do I follow a character like Wolverine and does it change me? No, I'm still a what Wolverine would consider a Boy Scout. I'm I'm more like a nice... If, if I were a hero, I'd be more like a Captain America, probably. Or a Cyclops, to be honest. Nice and willing to do the right thing, but not kill someone. Wolverine's the exact opposite. But why do I like Wolverine the most out of not just X-Men, but the Marvel Universe? I don't know. I, I can't tell you. Um... But if you were to look at my other favorites in the Marvel Universe, like uh, Deadpool, um, Iron Man, they're, they are not the goody two-shoe characters. So I think that's interesting. Uh, if just talking about myself, uh, who are your favorites? Do you like Wolverine? Do you hate Wolverine? What is it about him? Do you have a, a different answer than I do on why people love Wolverine the most out of the X-Men? if not the whole Marvel Universe. Let me know. Hit me up on the hashtag 30andnerdypod. Uh, email me, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. I'm going to step away for a quick break. We'll be back with more of Wolverine. Hi, I'm Cody. And I'm Christian. And we're Nerds with Friends. Not just two nerds who have some friends. No, we're your hosts for the podcast, Nerds with Friends. We cover any topic that people can nerd out over, from TV, movies, and comics, to conventions, tabletop RPGs, and much more. Nerds with Friends comes out every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, on our website, NerdsWithFriendsPodcast.com. Join us every week as we confess our nerdy confessions and talk about the latest in nerdy news. And remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. Meanwhile, back at 30 and nerdy. Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We're talking Wolverine, my favorite Marvel superhero. So I wanted to talk a little bit about his um, his abilities. Now I've mentioned his retractable claws, his... Uh, his adamantium bones, his healing factor, but truthfully, he has far more abilities than that. He is literally got the senses of an animal. He can hear and smell things before they even happen. There's a a moment in the animated series that stops in my mind where they're trying to get in 
somewhere and it's Beast and Wolverine and I can't remember someone else. They're walking down a hallway and he stops them. And he tells them there's a laser alarm system all over the hallway in front of them. And Beast is like, you can see these like ultraviolet vision or whatever. And Wolverine's like, no, I can smell them. Ozone. His sense of smell is is out of this world. There's constantly in in the animated series and comics, and even they do it a little bit with Hugh Jackman too in the X Men movies, uh, where you just see him sniffing. It's almost like Peter Parker's spider sense. Uh, I think that's one of the untalked about abilities that he has that just blows my mind. Uh, and he's truthfully he's um, he's Everything is heightened. His his stamina, his speed, his strength, his, uh, you know, the pain threshold. Uh, everything that a normal human has, he is heightened way past regular standards. Um, like he can, he can bend and break things or pick up a car that a normal human shouldn't. Uh, you can especially hear it if you um, listen to the Wolverine podcast. There's two seasons out. And you'll hear people describing the mutant that they saw or the, the creature that they saw in the woods. And he he's he's short. That's the thing is he's shorter than I am. And I'm 5'9", and he's shorter than I am. But he's stocky and broad and... I think one person in the podcast describes him as um, mutton chops on on a stump, and that's another one of his his features is he's got this massive hair with with these big old sideburns, these mutton chops, and the other abilities that aren't talked about are are just his awareness and how he's heightened everything everything is heightened he's not just you know able to heal and shoots claws out of his hands and fights with him everything is heightened he's also what's not talked about is he's extremely good at hand-to-hand combat he's trained in japan in tons of storylines so he's good with hand-to-hand combat without his claws he's supposed to be in the comics you don't really get to see that much in the live-action movies as well as the animated series even. Uh, but he is supposed to be very deadly with his hands, just like Batman. Very good at hand-to-hand combat. But of course, in the mainstream, what everyone knows about with Wolverine is his claws that come out and go back in, his retractable claws, and his thick, his thick adamantium bones and his healing factor. Obviously, those are the three main ones that people know about. But there's so many more abilities that he has that are just natural as opposed to, you know, claws and healing. So, I also want to talk a little bit about the some of my favorite stories of Wolverine. Like, not my most favorite, but moments that stick out uh, when I think... Wolverine. So one of them is obviously uh, in the animated series you see uh, 
He's pissed off about Gene and Scott, so he runs away. He disappears from the manor. And he goes to Alaska, and he's he's helping out these, these nomadic uh, Eskimos, and he ends up feuding heavily with Sabretooth. Uh, I believe that the episode before that is Captive Hearts, or maybe that's the episode that I'm talking about. I can't really remember titles as much as I can remember moments. Another moment is his in the animated series his friendship with Morph. He really takes Morph's death uh, to heart. It breaks his heart. You don't really get to see much love in Wolverine, but his friendship with Morph and his frenemy relationship with Gambit is also worth mentioning. I love the banter that those two have in the animated series as well as comics. Um, another story that sticks out is from the, I want to say Uncanny X-Men. I think it's titled Wounded Wolf, if I remember correctly. I have it in my room, packed away, but I, I, I don't want to waste the time to go get it. All I remember, really, the biggest part is he has... Uh, he has has lost his his human emotion his his morality i guess he's less human and more beast and he comes across this girl named Katie um and there's this tension that's in the pages uh he's very feral and his humanity has been suppressed uh there's this tension and this fear while he's with this girl it's kind of like when frankenstein meets the little girl in the book, Frankenstein, or the movie. Um, you don't know if Wolverine's going to kill this girl. And just that tension is what sticks out in my mind from that story when I talk about Wolverine. Um, I, I would have to say possibly my favorite Wolverine issue is Ultimate X-Men number 41. Um... It's the, if you haven't read it, it's the story of Wolverine. He's uh, he's sent into a cave uh, to deal with this young mutant boy whose powers have manifested in tragic uh, ways. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's kind of honest to not just what it might be to be a mutant but for who Wolverine is for what he is it's it's tense um but it's probably my favorite Wolverine story and uh, if you haven't read it that's Ultimate X-Men number 41 I would definitely check that out um obviously there are tons to think of Wolverine stories or moments that stand out. Uh, recently, there is a Weapon 1 comic book series that was released. with It's him and Captain America in the tanks, and they escape, and they're together. Really good. I recommend that. I, um, I recommend Weapon X, which is Marvel Comics Presents number 72. Uh, it's, it's honestly his... Uh, I don't think anything does it Wolverine better in his um, his origin, I guess, to the Wolverine that most people would know. Um, 
a lot of it is involving his past. And obviously that's one of the biggest questions with Wolverine today is if you're not a comic book reader, uh, you have seen the, the Fox movies and he's always wondering about his past and there's Stryker involved in the Weapon X program. But um, in this comic, you truly get the Weapon X vibe. And I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, the other one that really sticks out in my mind is uh, his death. Um, something that we never thought we would see on pages or in animation or live action. But we've seen it twice now. We have seen it in the pages of comic books about his death. And we saw it in Logan, the final Wolverine movie that Hugh Jackman did. Um, it's very bittersweet, obviously, as a as a Wolverine fan, when the stories of live-action Wolverine come to an end because the actor is done. Uh, where Wolverine goes from here on out, we do not know. We know that the X-Men are coming soon, according to Feige in the MCU. If they even include Wolverine, they may be too scared to, honestly, because that's one of those that if you, you know, if you mess it up, um, it's kind of unforgivable. Uh, you know, I, I also think about who could play Wolverine if they were to bring it back. I've been very adamant about this. I've been so adamant about it that every now and then I will tweet it. That Ty Olson, who plays Benny in Supernatural, if you have seen that season, he shows up in season eight. Uh, Ty Olson would be the the perfect follow up to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine because with him you could do the more animated, virile Wolverine that we're used to. He's shorter than Hugh Jackman. He's not built like Hugh Jackman, but he could play Wolverine in his voice, in the what his demeanor. Even if you don't watch Supernatural, go to YouTube and look at Benny scenes from Season 8 of Supernatural. I believe you will agree with me. Ty Olsen is my pick to continue the character of Wolverine in the MCU. Because now, we're not connected to Fox. You can bring him in with a different origin. You can just have him being around. Uh, you could give him the origin of having to fight the Hulk. Kind of like... It is in the comics. Give us the comic book origin for Wolverine. When we first see him, have him have to fight the Hulk. Have him, you know, maybe Thunderbolt, Ross, recruits him to fight the Hulk, to take down the Hulk. Give us that. And have Ty Olsen play Wolverine. Again, I highly recommend that you check out this actor, Ty Olsen, Benny, in Supernatural, Season 8. Just look up some of his scenes. I think you'll agree with me. If you do disagree with me, let me know why. Preferably. Let me know why you disagree as opposed to just say, I don't think he looks like a Wolverine. Wolverine can be Hugh Jackman, sure, because that's what we're used to seeing in the live action, but let's not forget who Wolverine started as and actually is. So, keep an open mind. Check it out. Let me know what you think. 30andnerdypod at gmail dot com my last memory of Wolverine that I want to kind of talk about and reminisce about 
is the story when he becomes the horseman war with Apocalypse. So Apocalypse has abducted him basically and re-scrambled his brain and put the adamantium back into his body and turns him into his one of his four horsemen war and it's fantastic uh you can see it play out a little bit not really the comic book version but you can see it play out a little bit there is an animated um instance where in the animated series apocalypse shows up and has his four horsemen but wolverine is war in the apocalypse storylines and also with the uh uh Ten of Swords, X of Swords storyline coming out. Uh, seeing Wolverine take a, a really cool storyline as well. I have not finished him, so I can't really talk to it very much. But when he becomes the Horseman War, it's it's great storytelling. It's compelling because obviously he's helping a bad guy now. And you're just rooting for like, come on, Wolverine, like, get rid of this. You may be the anti-hero, but you're also an X-Man. You're a good guy. Come on. But those are some of my favorite moments. When I talk, when I say the name Wolverine, what I talk about. Um, obviously, there's there's great live-action moments, but when I think Wolverine, I don't think Hugh Jackman, like a lot of people do. So I have to lean towards the comics that I've read and the animated series more because, I, honestly, that's the Wolverine I like the, the best. Um, I, I know that some of you may not be as big a Wolverine fan. I hope that after this, you'll look into Wolverine more if you aren't. There are many reasons you should like Wolverine. I'm not saying he should be your favorite. And if you don't, please let me know. 30andnerdypod at gmail.com or hit me up, hashtag 30andnerdypod on Twitter. I want to have this conversation with you. So... Hit me up. I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode. Next episode of 30 Nerdy Podcast will be the season 2 finale. And it's going to be called The Age of the Superhero. A lot of great conversation. Going to have some guests on that episode. Looking forward to it. Not going to ruin the surprise now. But definitely looking forward to recording that and the discussion we will get to have. Uh, also, I want to thank all the Patreon supporters. Thank you for continuing to support the show, whether we're in a pandemic or not. There's a lot of extra stuff happening at Patreon slash Badcast Company, whether it's deleted scenes, bloopers, um, uh, pictures, and behind-the-scenes, and cut stuff, and... Patreon exclusive shows there's a ton of stuff happening at our Patreon and we are the Badcast Company and that includes this the flagship show 30 and 30 podcast it includes Brewing Up Rants podcast The Road So Far as well as Mandalorian Mondays which is a Patreon exclusive show um, there's going to be a new show starting in 2021 called Movie Mania which is going to be Patreon exclusive. So there are many ways that you can support the show and gain access to extra footage that you're not getting on your regular podcast app. Go to patreon.com slash badcastcompany and find out how and what you get in return. I also want to give a huge shout out to the Pod Nation 
and the apocalypse at podchaser.com, as well as our Twitter community, Alternate Reality Radio, and the Legion of Independent Podcasts. Y'all are a fantastic community. Huge shout out to you all. Thank you for making it so fun to do what we do. There are hundreds of amazing independent podcasts in these communities, and I invite you to check them out. Uh, look for the hashtag ARR or Alternate Reality Radio. Go to podchaser.com and look for these playlists, Pod Nation and The Apocalypse. There are so many amazing independent podcasts out there. I highly recommend them. I also invite you to podcast.com. It's constantly changing, staying up to date. New things are coming. There will be a lot of Season 3 announcements coming in the off-season. And just because the main show of 30 and Dirty Podcast is not going to be going on in the winter, Season 2 finale is next week. I get that. But there's still a show that happens on this this brand, this 30 and Dirty Podcast, and that is The Road So Far. With yours truly and Logan Roach, the Rev of Rants. We started at the beginning with the pilot and we're making our way through the road so far. And there's going to be a lot of it in the off season. So stay tuned for that as well. Next time, we're talking the age of the superhero. So please, if you have any questions, uh, thoughts on us still being in the age of the superhero. You know, when will it end? Do you see an end in sight? For the age of the superhero, please, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Let me know. That's it for me, nerds and nerdettes. That's it for this episode. You know where to find me if you want to give me a shout or if you want to ask a question. I implore you to be kind to one another. No matter what walk of life everyone is from, be kind to your neighbors. Show love. Stay sanitized. Mask up. And always remember, nerd and proud. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Brought to you by Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Advertising Expressions. 30 and Nerdy is an alternate reality radio show, a member of the Legion of Independent Podcasts, and a Badcast Company production. Join the Nerd World Order by following the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow along with the conversation using the hashtag 30andnerdypod. Find us in the Pod Nation at podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.